And welcome back to Next Scene Podcast, the podcast taking on the 1992 Christmas classic Home Alone 2, one scene at a time. I'm your host, Sean. And once again, unfortunately, uh, my co-host Brian could not join us, but I'm sure he will be uh, with us next time. But who is with us tonight? We've got two very special guests uh, from, well, from a lot of things, from Return to Oz Minute, Never Ending Minute, MASH Minute, Joe versus the Minute, and many others, uh, including the series over at VCR Privileges. It's Tierney Steele. Oh, well, see, that was really nice. And I was going to say, suck bricks, Sean. <laughs> ah, I was going to say that. Ah! <laughs> great minds. Great minds. <laughs> great minds. Great minds. And that that other great mind you hear is our other special guest, uh, also from uh, VCR Privileges, including the American Graffiti One Song at a Time. It's Rachel Mummert. Welcome, Rachel. Oh, Welcome back. Yeah. I think you, yes. you both... You've both joined us for previous holiday specials, so uh, yeah, welcome back. <laughs> and well, let's, let's get right into it. So uh, I've asked you both here to talk about part seven in our eight-part coverage of Home Alone Two. Uh, this section is the, uh, the well, the attack on the townhouse and the defending <laughs> of the same. We're running from about uh, an hour twenty-eight and a half minutes to one forty-two and a half. Uh, if you'll remember, part six wrapped up with Marv falling through the floor of the townhouse <laughs> and Harry slipping off the fire escape. And as we open this section, uh, uh, Harry is making his way into the townhouse and Marv is, is dusting himself off down in the basement. And um, I will say one yeah. of the first things that happens in this section is something that I never picked up on watching this movie before because I was a child and now I am old. <laughs> when Marv gets up and cracks his back, yeah. I like felt that. <laughs> You're like, oh, that must have felt good. Oh, that yeah. Good. That's the dream. <laughs> it kind of looks like it feels like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> feels good. And I like how yeah. uh, throughout this whole thing, we have the whole um, with Harry throughout this whole attack. Pretty much, he's like the <laughs> he's the dad in a Christmas story. The yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he turned it out. I haven't heard any particular stories about this movie. I know in Home Alone, Joe Pesci said he had a lot of trouble not cursing. He's he's used to he's used to the R rated and and uh, all these films are PG so. <laughs> Maybe he'd kind of gotten used to it at this point, the, the PG uh, stand-in for his usual cursing. Um, this is kind of a frantic section. I mean, obviously, it's a lot of action with all the, the booby traps and the violence and everything. But it's a lot of cuts, at least especially in this yeah. opening section while Harry and Marv are separated. We're constantly mm – -hmm. I haven't I didn't count it, but like seems like every 30 seconds we're flipping back and forth. Um, yeah, you know, and we also see Kevin between. setting traps. Yeah. So there's like three things to keep yeah. track of. Um, yeah, there's like three. Yeah, three different streams that eventually will converge. They do cross. That <laughs> <laughs> I just have to pit, uh, point out as a New Englander slash tri-state area er, mm -hmm. I guess, uh, since this is a New York City story. Uh, anyone else notice the Dunkin' Donuts bag next to Harry on the ground? When he's lying no. there after the tools fall on him. 
<laughs> you, don't, yeah. you don't see the whole words, but if you see those colors and you are from a certain part of the country, you know. You know <laughs> that the people doing those renovations, that, that construction crew had their coffee in the morning. <laughs> Kevin McAllister runs on Duncan. <laughs> I just love this whole yeah. thing, how he has that one... One little bottle of like, whoa, the monster ooze or whatever they call it from the toy shop. And it's like that plus whatever's in the townhouse. And it's mm -hmm. like Kevin's set. Like he doesn't need anything. <laughs> well, it kind of it scares me. And, we, and we, we've talked about in other episodes of like Kevin is I mean, this is basically prequel to the Saw movies. Oh, I yeah. Mean, Kevin is just a psychotic killer. But it was one thing in the first movie, like it's his home turf. He knows kind of he's familiar with all the materials and the surrounding and everything. This is I mean, I don't know. We don't know if he's been to this townhouse before, but I'm, yeah. I'm a, he's certainly not familiar with it in this state with with the, mm -hmm. you know, the construction and everything going on and the tools yeah. and everything. And and he comes up with all this stuff mighty quick. What scares me the most is like when um, when he hooks up the um, jump, like the battery jumper mm -hmm. thing cables. I'm like, okay. When I was yeah, that I age, I didn't like. I would. I would. I didn't know what those were. I wouldn't have been able to like. It's the like those. close up on him turning up the dial, yeah. and he has nothing. Like his face is just like no, yeah, like, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin kills men in this. Like uh, I, I think I was like because I was looking through the goofs because I hadn't seen this movie in forever, so I was trying to like kind of remind my brain. And it's like this would have killed Marv. This would have killed Harry. This might yeah. not have killed Harry, but it probably would have. And this is the scene where they're like, that man is dead. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. there's no, like... no way. <laughs> we go full end of Raiders. <laughs> it is done. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it's funny, face right in the beginning of the whole attack. Like, that uh, would Yeah, the, the, the previous like, section uh, as he's lured Harry and Marv. He's, yeah, hitting, hitting Marv in the head with bricks thrown from the roof. These tools, everything else. When it's particularly frank, so, if, you know, kind of first watch through, I'm like, oh, Maybe there's a generator on site and maybe they don't have power because of the construction, which doesn't make any sense because we see lights. Um, you know, we see Harry walking oh. through pulling strings, string lights. So this is actually yeah, yeah. the 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 machine or whatever that that Kevin hooks up to the basement faucet is an yeah. arc welder. Um, and, and the way an uh. arc welder works is it actually it, it melts. Um, it, it will fuse two pieces of metal by melting them, and it melts them by running electricity. You basically hook one electrode to a piece of metal, and then you have another electrode that you run across the joint. And as the electricity flows through, when it exits from the metal to, um, I forgot exactly what they call it, you know, to the to the one anode or cathode, that causes the metal to melt, and, and, oh. it, and then it fuses. So, like, how does... How does he know this thing is electric? Like I could see, like, yeah. if, oh, if this is a generator, oh, obviously generator electricity. Let me turn it on, or you know, some kind of portable power supply, um, which effectively an arc welder is a sort of a power supply. But like, how would he know that? It's it's just yeah. frightening. And he, you know, it's not like he, you know, this is the '90s. It's not like he has a smartphone that the way I did, and he can kind of look it up and see, yeah. oh, how does this thing work? 
So does that mean that Marv's hands should have just melted? Like since he was touching like the you know, turning I'm, the sink on? Like what if I'm telling you, Rachel, full yeah. on end of fire. Raiders here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that Face. man melts. Yeah, yeah well certainly yeah, if, if I think um yeah, if he had any metal jewelry, if he had a ring or anything on his hand, yeah, it would have fused to the metal Ooh. of the pipe. <laughs> or I think the Harry the didn't faucet. touch it. His teeth yeah. would have like <laughs> So, yes. uh, and I also like, love how like he got all the paint on him, and it's like, ha 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 ha. Actually, that would be incredibly painful. Yeah, and, and you like, see, like, not okay. It's he, in his orifices. And you can see when he, when it pans back to him when he's wiping, he's getting out from under the paint shelf, and he's wiping his face off. You can Ugh. see his eye is so red. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I wonder if he really did get, I mean, real life, get something in his eye because it is red. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, yeah. Whatever they were using. Yeah. <laughs> so there's oh two God. things and they kind of tie into, there's little portions of the previous section that just mm-hmm. from doing a rewatch of the movie that I wish would have happened too. So the first one's kind of like, meh, but... Uh, because they have whatever they grabbed before Kevin threw that rock through the window. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, Harry should have just been like, you know, I've been through it once with this kid. I'm not falling for his booby traps anymore. Good luck, Marv. Grab that money. I'm out of here. <laughs> right. Yeah, just take the money and run. That's what I thought the whole time. And the second one. Sorry, I have see- to do that clap whenever anyone says that. <laughs> <laughs> In the second one, like, we see that his mom, you know, they just, in the classic movie trope, they just miss each other. You know, Mm -hmm. she knocks on the door and then gets a taxi, and I'm like, I wish they would have done a version where they, or she finds him there, and Kevin's like, oh my gosh, mom, like, these two goons are after me, and, like, I have, and, you know, and she would just go full out mama bear mode and be like oh yeah Mm. nobody messes with my son and then just annihilates them like i would love to see a brick i like it yeah that (laughs) that would have been like a yeah really nice moment if he just like hey remember those those bandits they're coming you gotta get inside and yeah we see them kind of tag teaming against uh harry and marv i could see Catherine O'Hare or yeah do that yeah Mm -hmm. yeah there's yeah, there's a few ways like they could have kind of amped it up. Like in a lot of ways, this is a straight remake. I mean, some things they yeah. kind of repeat or they they stepped it up. But in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. it's just the the first movie all over again, but in in this townhouse instead of the McAllister home yeah. um, in Winnetka. But yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> or that or, or that an option, I guess. We'll just say that would have been an yeah. option. Yeah, get a uh, get mom in on the action. I'm just glad they didn't yeah. do. Because I thought for sure they did in this one. I'm glad they didn't. Because in the first movie, the one thing I cannot watch is the, even though they don't, I mean, just the nail, the nail and the shoe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, no. That one I still cannot. I'm just like, nope. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, because that's that's the one I've experienced. Oof. Mm -hmm. I did that, and I don't. I don't remember why. I don't remember. This is when I was a, very young. I was walking in our garage. I went into our garage for something. I don't know why I was barefoot. And I don't know why we had a piece of wood 
with a nail through it sticking up on the floor of our garage. <laughs> but but I, I stepped on that nail and it went through my foot. And yeah, oh I can't God. watch that. I have to close my eyes in that section. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. <sighs> no, this um, like. Like the 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 Daniel Stern like flail in the goo where he's trying so hard not to fall like that is very well done. I love, I love that it. Harry never lost his paranoia with turning on the lights. Mm-hmm. Like I know, every time, I love that. <laughs> it's not like he did one and then he was like, "Oh, good, he didn't do that this time." He was like, Everyone. "No, I trust <laughs> nothing in here." Like Harry's on top of things, so I really liked that, and I. It just, this one, you know, and maybe with the nail thing too, it feels more cartoony. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, it, it's all cartoony because, but, but, but like when, when they electrocute hair, uh, Marv, they sh- literally show the skull, but then it goes back <laughs> to normal. And then like when Harry goes to put his head out in the toilet, he does a full on headstand, uh, handstand no, I- <laughs> over the toilet. Like, no. Joe Pesci does not have that upper arm strength. No, just stick it in there. That's all you need to do. (laughs) He's short enough. His head's close enough. (laughs) And then, like, the the nose thing, that's not how noses work. Like, I just, we are in (laughs) full on Looney Tunes at that point. Mm -hmm. I forgot about the nose thing because I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, that really did go. As as someone who has broken her nose, I can tell you that that's not how that works at all. You mean you don't just like put your thumb in your mouth and like <laughs> and blow and re- <laughs> <laughs> that would have saved me a lot of money, by the way, in surgery costs. Yeah. Um, yeah, this it's just one of those things like this movie has no respect for physics. And I think it kind of bothers me a little because on the one hand, yes, the first one was more realistic, so it still makes a shudder all these like many decades later. But this, like I mean, even just him throwing the like the paint cans gag is really mm. good in this one. Mm-hmm. But I can't I can't turn off my brain. That's like that's not Macaulay Culkin just threw that prop like two feet in front of him. And then they cut <laughs> to a completely different setup. Yeah. <laughs> For the I don't know. There was just some little disconnect in my brain that like I I could not lose myself in the the suspect. Uh, suspended disbelief what is the phrase i'm thinking yeah. of but yeah yeah suspension of disbelief you're close Think, yeah yeah when just like you were saying with like the goo when marv is slipping around there's like two things i think um because i'm just like just 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 fall just fall on your hands and knees and <laughs> you're you're good like i mean yeah you'll fall but you'll have a lot more <laughs> just you can Take have one. a controlled fall if you kind of just lean into it yeah. rather than yeah. fight it. Yeah. And it's a pretty, I mean, he falls to what I assume is like the basement level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, how falling like that, how would you get that momentum to like slide? Because you see him slide and it looks like he's like going downhill <laughs> to slide yeah, well, right that, into that shelf. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's of all the unrealistic parts of this section that's <laughs> probably the most unrealistic unre- because yeah it's it's a level floor but he yeah. is very he's sliding as if he's going downhill like he's like yeah. going down a chute mm-hmm. and then slamming into the shelf that falls on him and 
um, the are, first are the renovations because this house is not up to code? Yeah. I mean, what's going on? Is it maybe is the it... foundation settling and one side's lower than the other? <laughs> um, I like how, like we were talking earlier about too, how it, it seems like Marv doesn't really, or he just wants to get the kid. He doesn't care. He doesn't, you know, make that connection of like, be careful of like mm -hmm. everything after last mm -hmm. time. And Harry's like, like you, yeah. Tierney, you said before, like he's very wary, you know, like of everything, yeah. like everything's yeah. a booby trap. <laughs> yeah. I actually, while, while I was taking notes on this section, I had to consult the thesaurus and look for other words for cautious. <laughs> Because I'm just like every step, Harry's cautiously turning on this light and cautiously turning on that light. I'm like, I got to mix this up. Oh, he's he's being leery. He's judicious. He's circumspect. You know, <laughs> Harry's being wary. Um, and I like that little bit. I mean, it it it's not. It doesn't go too far because if he was too thoughtful and too vigilant and too wary, he would just get out of town, just get out of this townhouse. But I like that they show. There's some recognition. There's the, these guys remember the last movie as much as we do, and yeah. um, the way he's yeah he's wary of the lights. He when he first enters, he's kind of like touch gingerly touching the doorknob to see if it's hot or electrocuted <laughs> or <laughs> anything else. Um, and I of course that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, and I love that even earlier in the movie when they first encounter each other in New York. And need to get that callback to the first movie and and Raiders of the Lost Ark because he holds mm -hmm. his palm up and it has that seared M from yeah. the doorknob in the first one. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I hadn't. I obviously I knew it was from the first film. I hadn't made that connection to uh, to Lost Ark, but <laughs> he holds this the is palm what Rachel up. Rachel and yeah. I are here for obviously. <laughs> And even in rewatching this one, I never, and until I just rewatched it a couple of nights ago, because I, I guess I had always wondered, like, how in the world does Kevin just choose this random townhouse? And then I didn't make that connection until this last time I watched it. I'm like, yeah. oh, and they show his uncle, or yeah, I think it's his uncle, his address in his house, and it goes to show him visiting there. I'm like, oh. Oh, okay. So he knows these people. Yeah. I did not get that as a kid. I remember because I was no, like, yeah. no, he's at the plaza. How is that? Because you sent this clip and I watched it first and I was like, why is he not in the hotel? I completely <laughs> forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, that doesn't explain why Peter, Kevin's father, takes his you know, his entire address book with him when he goes away on vacation. Oh, you yeah, don't remember the sure. 90s and 80s. My, my mother had the purse with the address book that came, and it, was just, it oh, just lived man. in her purse. It was one of I the things that. with the Tic Tacs and the <laughs> yes, little Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't remember that, but apparently that's something that went wherever... Uh, Wherever the parents went, apparently. Listen, I have so many questions about Kevin's dad. And I love, I don't know if it was BuzzFeed or Vox or whoever, but whoever wrote the article that was like, is Kevin's dad in the mob? Like, yes. the, yeah. how, I remember that this too. man has so much money. Like, they worked out how much their house is worth. And then, mm -hmm. like, going on these vacations. And I, just, yeah. like, just the fact that his credit card would pay for the plot, like, 
blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I kind of, and I don't think, I don't think it was stated or at least explicitly stated in the first one, but Uncle Frank talks about, or they, they talk about in this one, that Peter is paying for everything. Yeah. So the oh, yeah. 14 tickets, you know, 14 mm-hmm. tickets to fly from Chicago to Miami, maybe explain why only the parents are getting first class, but still, even, you know, the, the 10 coach seats and the four first class seats that Peter is paying for all this. Mm-hmm. Um, it also explains like, you know, maybe there was some take your son to work days. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe Kevin's <laughs> learned a thing or two from that. Maybe true. Oh, you know. there we go. <laughs> oh my maybe God. dad's had to tune up some underperformers in the organization. <laughs> and and that's where Kevin gets all this. So, <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, questions about this Peter McAllister. That's it. It's so funny because this movie came out and I was just the right age. Where mm-hmm. I, I loved Home Alone, and we, we I, I say we all did. I assume anyone listening to this podcast agrees with me that it was like the great Christmas movie of yeah. the early 90s. Yeah. And then Home Alone 2 came out, and I remember seeing it. I remember everyone, the talk boy, and that being a whole thing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it never connect. I think there was... I could never connect with it. And I, I'm wondering now, as I'm like thinking about this and Kevin's stuff... I wonder if it got too close to home for me because I grew up right outside New York and going into New York City on the train all the time. And like New York City at Christmas, I, I didn't need Kevin. I didn't need McAllister's to tell me that. Like I knew <laughs> that we right. were going to end up at <laughs> Rockefeller Center and all this good stuff. And like when they showed the Toy Story, I'm like, they they didn't pay for FAO Schwartz. I was a kid and yeah. I was like, they need FAO Schwartz because like that's the jam. That's what you want. <laughs> And I, I kind of wonder if there was a little part of me was like, this is not realistic. <laughs> like, I know, <laughs> even as a child, I know this is not, this is, this is a cartoon. And <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe that's why I never connected with this one the way I did the first one. <laughs> yeah, not like all that realism in the, the first Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, but that's out in Chicago. I don't know what they do out there. Maybe that's what take. it's like in the suburbs of <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> and it's, I guess no. it's easier to believe because it is on his, I mean, the first one is his own mm-hmm. home turf. So he his has a little turf. more yeah. believability. And they say that at somewhat. some point, Harry, Harry and Marv, when, uh, it must be Harry, says it at one point, like, oh, he, we're going to be able to take him this time because like oh, he doesn't he know. Yeah, he's not in his yeah. house. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. But right. he does because he's a psychopath. <laughs> well, see, yeah. that's the thing. I, I I thought, you know, as the movie was ending, I'm like, you know, Kevin's got a pretty good setup because he has, <laughs> assuming that the neighbor, creepy neighbor man, who's really awesome, and the first one is still alive and kicking, he mm-hmm. has these connections that he makes to these random, I, I guess, like, you know, outcast of society people but in the toy store owner, he's mm. not. But, right. but he has these connections. So it's like if he has to go like on the lamb or something or <laughs> he has these like connections, it's like, yo, okay. man, I got to lay low. And, uh, <laughs> Once again, kind of like Indiana Jones, wherever he goes, he's, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true. he knows somebody. He's got a connection. <laughs> the pigeon lady is a Sala. I love it. There you uh, go. <laughs> oh, the pigeon lady. Uh, 
I had such blurred memories of like where, how she fit into the story, why she was in this story. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's um, kind of the, the old man Marley. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of this episode. Um, um, so, so Tierney talked about a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you have yet, Rachel, what's your, what's your history? Did you see this film in, in the nineties when it first came out? What's your history with the home alone Two? Oh gosh, I don't really remember. I mean, I know I've, I'd, I'd seen it probably late nineties. Mm-hmm. I don't, I couldn't recall the first time I saw it. Um, so, and it's, it's, it's not part of your yearly tradition to, uh, to rewatch. No, <laughs> it wasn't joy. I mean, as much, I don't know. It's hard to say. Cause I, I, I did really enjoy it more than I remember. Mm-hmm. Or thinking I would and rewatching it. Yeah, it, it 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 is good, I think. But I think, yeah, I think what we're what we're discovering in terms of yearly traditions that uh, most people or most families only have room for one Home Alone yeah. um, I, I, in the regular rotation. And if you're gonna watch one, you're gonna watch the the motion picture, the first one, because that's yeah. the, the best, right? Yeah, I do remember. I really appreciated. Well, two things I really appreciate more as an uh, adult. I loved um, that they made angels with even dirtier faces. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It was so, like, and that that was the title that just brought me so much joy. <laughs> and also, like, picturing the writers and Chris Columbus having to, like, figure out, okay, we need this part. We need this part. And, like, having to make it fit in that movie. And then... um uh, Kevin's duffel coat is amazing. I kind of want one. You know, if anyone hasn't bought me a Christmas present yet, it's gorgeous. Looking for ideas. This whole movie. <laughs> yeah. I just, I was like, I shouldn't be coveting this child's coat from 1992, but it is very nice. And again, <laughs> things that did not notice the last time I was watching this. <laughs> But it's nice. It's like a, like, is it, I don't know if that's like a hunter green, but then mm-hmm, the lapels yeah. and the cuffs are the, um, that beige. It's, yeah. He's it's a little styling. pepper. It's cool. And then yeah. I, I got the nostalgia f- at the end of the scene, at, at the end of the section when he uses the payphone. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. man. Oh, the payphone. Remember yeah. payphone? <laughs> Had to remember phone numbers. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That was good. I the only thing right before that, um, when he sets the rope on fire, he uses a strike anywhere match, and I was just like, yeah, wait, I don't true. remember those like being just out and about for kids to get their hands on, but especially to like at a uh, renovation if they're renovating, yeah, just let's not leave matches lying around. <laughs> well, even I could totally understand a box of matches, but that's not he has the match that you can do like on the anywhere. Br- yeah, yeah he strikes that's it on creepy. the brick. Yeah. yeah, it just I was very weird. That. Yeah, because that's like a that's like a western thing, like a wild west thing where you just yeah. you know striking yeah, a match like on the bottom shoot. of your boot or something. And I actually went down a little bit of a rabbit hole of of the history of the match. Mm-hmm. And yeah, huh. so those the safety match was actually invented in the eighteen forties. Um, and and, and mm-hmm. what, what I mean by safety match is only only kind of half of the chemicals to start the, you know, to get ignition are in the match and the other half are in a striker. So you have to strike the match against, um, you know, against the back or the, you know, on the box or on the, if it's a matchbook, but 
you know, th- those kind of matches. You over and you're really cool. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> right. You kind of light it without tearing it out of the book and, and that kind of stuff. But, you know, so those kind of matches have been around for, I mean, when this film was made for about 130 years, that, that the, wow. the, the yeah. safety match was available. So that what we see Kevin doing where he, he's striking it. And I don't know if that was a. Uh, they specifically wanted to call back to like, you know, the anarchy of the Wild West or anything. But yeah, unless it's a, you know, like a mid 1800s Western, you're not going to see a lot of, you're not going to see that kind of match. So (laughs) Um, just making this little, you know, making this child into sort of a more of a badass than. uh, Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast and you're much younger than us, I know the nineties were a while ago, (laughs) but they were not that long ago. We had safety (laughs) matches. Yeah. (laughs) And then, yeah, my last note is just no, the ice. Cause I saw that coming a mile away. Oh, Oh God, it's so painful. <laughs> I mean, that always that always kind of surprises me. I mean, I guess like a, I've seen it enough times that it doesn't surprise me as much, but it always kind of gets me at the end. I'm like, I was because we've seen throughout the whole film and, and especially this section that Kevin is, you know, he's smarter than all the adults around him. He has the foresight. He's kind of planned everything out. He's accounted for all the different contingencies. And then I always think, like, if I haven't seen it for a while and they kind of flash, they show that ice. And I'm kind of wondering, like, is he running towards that to set up Harry and Marv? And then they're going to slip on the ice. And it's like, well, nope, nope. This is like the one time Kevin hasn't thought ahead. He's not a city boy. He's not a city boy. (laughs) He almost gets hit by the bus and he falls on the ice. And it's and it's always that corner, like right there where where it doesn't drain properly so it like Mm -hmm. melts but then freezes over at night and then it melts during the day and then it refreezes at night so it's just like solid hockey rink under you (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that wraps up this section where uh where, where yeah kept so kevin slips on the ice and then the the bandits catch up with him and they're dragging him off into the park um we wonder what's going to come up with. He wanted to go. Yeah, I mean, not under those circumstances, anyway. but <laughs> the cops are ostensibly on their way. I yeah. love that he's telling the NYPD, yeah. like, look for the fireworks, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a nice little callback to Kevin's visit to Chinatown. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I wonder, so he says, so when he, yeah, so when he makes that phone call, you mentioned the 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 payphone. So he says, "Hello, the two guys who robbed Duncan's Toy Chester in the park, Central Park West and Ninety Fifth Street. Look for the fireworks, Harry. They got a gun. Like, do the do the cops know about? I mean, I know he. So he threw the rock through the window <laughs> to to uh, to set off the alarm. Yeah, I guess he's he's assuming that kind of words got out. Everyone knows about the big Duncan Toy Chest." job that went down i can just imagine there's someone at nine nine one one who picks up this call and he's like what is what is this kid talking about toy chest oh, <laughs> now see you almost said nine nine and now i'm picturing the beautiful crossover that is home alone 2 and brooklyn nine nine combined and i just want to see cheddar take down daniel stern now <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. That's a good scene. If that's who uh, that if if that was the responding <laughs> officer when uh, in the next part when the police catch up with them in the park, 
There you go. That's something to look for in the next episode, Sean. (laughs) There you go. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we can deep fake that in. We can make that happen. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so that, that brings us through to, uh, to the end of, um, the end of our episode, I think the only other thing that I really wanted to talk about was the, well, the, the climb down the rope when Kevin, uh, you know, eventually lures Harry and Marv up to the roof of the townhouse, climbs down the rope. We notice they they mentioned the kerosene kind of Marv's like, uh, you know, Harry, are you wearing <laughs> aftershave? And and like Harry recognizes the smell like that's not aftershave. It's kerosene. It's the rope yeah. is soaked in it. Just like to, and I don't want to keep harping on just how dangerous this child is, but. (laughs) That is the genre. (laughs) But that is, yeah, I mean, that's kind of our our mandate here. But so this is, you know, this is a triple decker. This is like a three-story townhouse. And at this point, like the, the bandits aren't right behind Kevin. It's not like he's, I don't, I got the feeling he's running for his life, like I would just do this. Like for me to just climb out on a rope off of a three-story building, I don't think I could do it. Like it until they were right behind me, like unless it was a life-threatening situation, which I don't think it is when he like he voluntarily goes, he's leading them. Oh yeah. And with very little emotion, like he doesn't hesitate. He doesn't seem like to think like, oh, let me double check and make sure. I mean, he kind of gives the rope a tug, but you know, in terms of like checking that the rope is secure, like he's like, nope, grab the rope, give it one quick <laughs> tug, and then over the edge. <laughs> I don't know. Are, are either of you like, are you climbers? Like, do you think you would be able to do this as smoothly as this 10 year old boy does? Uh, not um. as smoothly. I will say so. I've stood on the roof of a triple decker uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> at the top of yeah. a hill. Uh, I lived up the hill from Logan Airport. And mm-hmm. It's high, but I'm now thinking, I was like, well, I lived on the third floor of a triple-decker, and if there was a rope that, like, we're assuming Kevin put this, th- you know, like... Yeah, he set he, this, this all up. This was his plan, so it's like, okay, I mean, I would not be this smooth, and I probably would not have, like, a blank face the entire time, <laughs> because I'm very much not a Kevin, mm-hmm. but, like, I'm like, okay, guess... If this is his plan, maybe I don't think it's the best plan, but, you know, he's doing his thing. No. Okay, yeah, excellent yeah. point that he knew yeah. that where things were leading, that eventually yeah. he was going to be yeah. on this rope. Okay. That's where, yeah, I think if that would be how it played out, like, you, Tierney, like you said, I wouldn't be as smooth, but yeah. that, <laughs> I'd that, be a little yeah, more so... confident in <laughs> doing that. Yeah. Knowing I had a unsafe match at the bottom, too. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that makes sense. Yeah. And then, of course, it's at the bottom of the bottom of this rope that he lights the lights the match on the brick, so, lights up the so rope, and the flames travel up. It is filmed I, I beautifully. Yeah. So I can't remember in, if they show him setting up the kerosene-soaked rope earlier. Like, does he just use, does he take the rope? And dip it in the kerosene and then throw it over? Or does he just throw kerosene over the side and hope for the best what when he soaks show? the rope? Um, I don't they remember. They show that. Yeah, so they showed him. Yeah, they showed him like, he, like feeding the rope oh, good. into the okay. kerosene van. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, sorry, kerosene can. 
Okay. Yeah. Now what they like, that could have been like so dangerous. It could have been like, oh, just pour it over and hope for the best and then mm -hmm. light the <laughs> light the house on fire. Yeah. Oops. When they showed us they, they I think they showed us a lot of this. So they showed us like spreading grease. They showed him connecting yeah. the the arc welder, like connecting the two leads to the pipes. <laughs> they um they showed him putting the flammable liquid in the toilet where where oh, Harry yeah. eventually you mm -hmm. know tries to put out his his flaming head. Um and they show him yeah, feeding the rope into the kerosene and doing that. I don't think they they show the setup for um when Harry and Marv Fall, I guess they fall out because they, they drop the rope because of the flames. But when hmm. Harry and Marv are at the bottom and then suddenly all those cans of paint and varnish rain down mm. on them. Oh, yeah. I kind of I don't know where those Maybe come that from. Part was a happy accident. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, I don't think they show us that setup and they don't show. No. Well, in this section, I don't like what what triggers that? What triggers those cans yeah. to fall hmm. at, at the end? You know, at the end of this section, what triggers those cans? Yeah. I'm not quite sure. We didn't even mention the tool chest. We, yeah. Oh my God. What a great, what a great booby trap. <laughs> yeah. I just like to hear it and hear it and hear it. And they're just like, what is that? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Cause that's yeah. the thing oh, that God. flattens their noses. And it's so big. It's, it's just, like, and the wrenches are coming out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the way it's, I mean, it's kind of like one of those suspension of disbelief that it stands upright. It doesn't just yeah. tilt over, but it's it, the That's way it's true. bouncing. It's like it's walking down the stairs. And yeah, with the, the tools bouncing <laughs> out of the drawers <laughs> as it goes down. But it's like one of those things like, why are they just standing there waiting? Do they're like, you know, what's that sound? What's coming? Like, why are they waiting like run, get out of the way. Nothing good. Like yeah, nothing it's like good. If he, whatever if he it is, it nothing up, good. Nothing good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've and obviously learned. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, you're okay. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, like, you've obviously learned, or at least Harry has learned some things from yeah. the previous encounter. Like he's he's cautious in some ways, but then I guess now he's into it. He's not thinking. He's just yeah. acting. So he forgets to. He forgets he's supposed to be wary at this point. He's in a he's rage blackout. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they have that, and they have the whole thing with the paint cans mm -hmm. on the ropes where they kind of, they think they, you know, they're like, oh, we outsmarted him this time. Because they're yeah. like, one, there's one, and then it's like, there's two. And I like how they just think like, oh, two cans is the only, is as far as he'll get is two cans because mm -hmm. there's only two of us <laughs> like yeah and then he takes that i want to know how how buff kevin is because to lift <laughs> the thing God. after the paint cans i don't even know a I, pipe. I just it's like a cannon pipe thing and I'm like, honestly it's it looks like sewer pipe i okay. say because we had to have ours moved it mm -hmm. looks like a section of sewer pipe which is really ridiculously heavy but what i, I love uh, so I remembered that and with the cans and the like, oh, two, three, that, that was great. And I all saw that coming. Oh man. When he cuts the rope, that was just a chef's rope. kiss of icing <laughs> on the cake. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause I've got a section of pipe like that in my basement. I can see where like the, the, um, like the exit pipe where all the water going out of the house leaves. Mm -hmm. Like I can see like there's a, a thick pipe like that, but it's in my basement. 
So like yeah. that's not it, that's not an internal plumbing kind of pipe. So somehow <laughs> Kevin would have had to have gotten that up, up all the stairs, up the ladder, up whatever to it looks like yeah coming down from the third floor. How <laughs> I mean and the, the pipe probably weighs more than he does. Yeah. Oh, um, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, likes that they so you know Harry at least has learned a little bit and he's you know hey you know stairs paint cans I've seen this movie before but. <laughs> But Kevin has learned even more than they have, and he's anticipated to set Kevin up yeah, the additional has, has trap. Oh, it's like military history. Harry is fighting the last part, <laughs> and, and Kevin has advanced technologically. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes I, like I'm sure. I, I was just going to say, I'm sure that they, they teach this film at the military academy. <laughs> yeah. So you, you were going to say something? I guess Rachel? they're... Oh, just that they're, you know, lucky that they are able to, like, literally walk out of there after the double whammy <laughs> of that pipe in the face and then it rolling down and landing on them again. They're they're dead. These yeah, are ghosts. I, These are Marvin Harry ghosts. <laughs> I was going to say, by that point, they're ghosts. <laughs> yeah, if they had somehow survived everything up until that point, I think once that pipe hits them... <laughs> If there was any sort of realism in this film at all, it would end at that point. Because Harry would at least have probably like third degree burns on his head from like, you just dunked your yeah. head in the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. The broken noses, the third degree burns, the the concussion from the tools, the, yeah, the, the electrocution, which probably would have stopped, mm-hmm. <laughs> stopped Marv's heart because it would have, you know, Current would have traveled up one arm and down the other. Yeah, um, we didn't talk about the best line of the of this section yet either. Oh, the suck brick the- kid. <laughs> 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 Going to be all uh, our new catchphrases. <laughs> it's just such a good insult. Like it's so it dumb. And the best insults are so dumb and make no sense in any other context. And it's just. And I think perfect. it's just you know he has all these rage this feelings of rage toward him like once again this kid has just beaten the crap out of them and he just wants to just go wildly and throw yeah. this brick and yell i mean brick. both yeah. of them yeah. in this section say they're going to kill kevin mm-hmm. yeah like like not we're gonna get him which you could imply no no the word kill is used ironically not yeah. by the person who is a murderer in this scene yeah, they they mean it. I mean, they're just like, yeah. By yeah. the end, when they catch up to him, they're just like, oh yeah, we're gonna kill you. <laughs> Which again, entirely unnecessary, because the the reason, well, so the reason they're chasing after Kevin is because he got a picture of them <laughs> at the toy store. So like, he can yeah. you know kind of pin the toy store robbery on them and the talk boy. But, but they they escaped from prison. Like, they're fugitives yeah. anyway. Yeah. And I always wonder, too, and this just pulls from Joe Pesci as an actor and a lot of his, you know, background material as being a person who has connections in, in the mob, you know, in past movies. But it's like, you know, what if, what if, you know, he really, you know, what if Harry Lime really is connected? Connected. And like, you know, it's like if they go back in, he gets the word out and and then, you know, it's like there's a hit, you know, they put a hit out for Kevin. 
or you know Kevin and his family, but and his family mostly yeah. Kevin. <laughs> I I wonder. So to, yeah, if he's sort of connected to organized crime, can he do that, or does he not want to do that? Does he not want because he didn't have to admit be like, listen, I. I kind of got outsmarted and beat up by this little kid. <laughs> this child. Again, you know, this child who got me twice and I need help. You know, I need help <laughs> taking care of the kid. Um, unless true. it's, you know, unless, you know, maybe unless Peter McAllister is more connected than, uh, than yeah. Harry. Maybe it's. Uh, Although. What if he really just wants Kevin? What if he just really doesn't like Kevin? Oh my god! Oh my god! All and right, his so. dad really had this whole thing. No, <laughs> Home Alone Three. <laughs> Home Alone Three. First of all, starts with Harry giving the "I believe in America" Buenos Aires speech from The Godfather, <laughs> because that would be amazing. You can picture Joe Pesci in this role with that lighting and the and the yeah, the whole nine yards. Get him a red carnation. We're ready. Um, but then Home Alone Three could be Harry puts a hit out on. Kevin, but Peter McAllister is given it and they have to outsmart them Ooh. because he can't kill his own son. So they have to, yeah, like that. There's totally a way to do that. <laughs> Man, why well, didn't you they can... make the remake of Home Alone? Why didn't they make it like that? <laughs> uh, Macaulay Culkin was not doing these anymore. <laughs> I was going to say, he's probably like, yeah, no. <laughs> We're done here. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I want to see that now. It? Yeah, yeah. He had moved on. I don't know if it was how involved he was. What I had read is specifically his father had asked that he be allowed to do other things. Was it um, the good son? Yeah, the good son. I forgot that he, about you know, that. Yeah. He specifically like they asked for something like that because they didn't yeah. want. Macaulay uh, to get, uh, you know, kind of typecast. So yeah. to be fair, uh, there are definitely parts of this movie and Richie Rich that I just kind of smushed together mm -hmm. in my brain. So I oh, kind I forgot of forgot about Richie Rich. Yeah. I don't think his dad needed to like do what he did, but I I do kind of get that where it was like, oh, yeah. oh how many of these are we gonna do? Because right. yeah. that was definitely becoming a thing for Macaulay. Yeah. Culkin. Right. And as you said, yeah, he does eventually go back to that in Richie Rich uh, two years later in 94. I've never seen beyond this one. So yeah. I've seen the one with the little kid. And I just remember he, I, I, he he's very cute little kid. And the only thing I remember is him setting up the video camera and like duct tape taping it to a remote control car. Mm -hmm. uh, because it was around the same time I was getting into making movies and convinced I was going to be the next Spielberg and Lucas and all that stuff and ask me how that's going. <laughs> and I do remember being like, you could put the video camera on a remote control car. And so that. <laughs> it's like a little dolly. I that film. Yes, exactly. You could name the remote control car Dolly. Dolly. <laughs> You're making movies just with your voice only. And. <laughs> <laughs> um, so since, um, since we got on the topic of the other films in this series, have either of you seen the the latest 2021 release, the Home Sweet Home Alone? Uh, no, no, I'm wary of it. I your in, your Instagram told me I didn't need to. Yeah, I was gonna say I. <laughs> 
Yeah, you're you're probably okay. I would say like if yeah, if you do want to see it, just fast forward to forty five minutes in. Okay. <laughs> and you basically get this this section that we've seen, you know, kind of the the attack on the house kind of thing. You just get that part, and that section of the film is done pretty well. Um, okay. But you don't want to watch anything before that because that is <laughs> See, not good at all. <laughs> like Ellie Kemper plays one of the the one of the robbers people. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know because I only I've only seen her in Kimmy Schmidt and The Office, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I can right. make that uh, leap into. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep her in that little box I have. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that really confused me when when they first announce it and I hear oh Ellie Kemper and Rob Delaney. You seem to be the mom. Rob Delaney. I'm like, yeah, right, yeah. Those yeah, the, that's the mom and dad. They must be the parents. And then when I find out no, they're the burglars, I'm very confused. <laughs> and, yeah, it's like, huh? Like Ellie, yeah, Ellie Kemper as the burglar. And what they do is they kind of give you some backstory and they kind of make them sympathetic so there's a reason they're not just burglars stealing for money like there's a like a good reason that they're trying to break into the house i mean it's not not really a good reason but like a kind of a movie good reason but then it's like but then they spend the next you know 20 minutes getting beat up by the kid and you know all the booby traps and everything it's like well but now i'm sympathetic like i like ellie kemper and i like Mm -hmm. you know they've made her character sympathetic so I can't enjoy her getting beat up, which yeah. is why I say if you just watch the beating up part, you can enjoy it. But if you watch okay. the first 45 minutes of the film, you're not going to want her see her get beat up. Uh-huh. And it kind of ruins it. Like, oh, yeah, no, I don't want to see Ellie get beat up. <laughs> no one asked for this. <laughs> no one asked for this. And, and actually, she, she's um, she's really good. Okay. Like she, and obviously if you've seen Kimmy Schmidt, like, or oh, you know, I the office, like she, Schmidt. she's a good actress and like the scenes, the stuff she does, she's really good. So like, you can kind of enjoy it on that level. But again, they make her a sympathetic character, but then they, you know, she goes through this treatment with all the booby traps and everything. And it's like, I can't, I can't laugh at her when I laugh at her getting beat up when I like her. Yeah, that was that was my problem. So, yeah, if you haven't seen it, you're not really just go back and rewatch one of these first two. <laughs> you'll get your home alone fix and, and you'll be yes. fine. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Also, have you seen the uh, commercials that have um, Kevin Hart and Catherine O'Hara in there? And um, I can't even remember what it's for, like a credit card. I can't remember off the top of my head for which one, but. Yeah, I don't remember. I just saw that one of those. I don't know if there's a series. I just saw that commercial like yeah. yesterday, like what, like yeah. literally a day ago where, yeah, Catherine O'Hara is screaming Kevin in a mm-hmm. store and then it's <laughs> yeah. Kevin, Kevin Hart pops up. Um, yeah, I thought that was awesome. a, a cute little callback. <laughs> yeah. um, I will say something I saw recently that I can wholeheartedly recommend is uh, Kiernan Culkin hosted SNL recently if you're listening to this this fall um i forget exactly when and his opening monologue was great because he calls back to uh when mccully hosted and he got (laughs) to kind of tag along which he does in this film franchise or it's like Mm -hmm. i'm here for a little bit (laughs) um and uh yeah i i will say uh my my um my suggestion my plug whatever we're calling it that i'm not in any way associated with is he is amazing in succession 
I watched the first season and then I had to take a little break because everyone is awful and I just wanted to yell at them. Um, (laughs) But I'm watching the third season now and he is, I mean, everyone on that show is amazing, but Kiernan Culkin is just so, so good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It really, it's one of those things where like, then you go back, you watch these movies and I'm like, this is how you... (laughs) How it started, how it's going. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, he does really well. It 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 is a very small part, Fuller. Yeah. Um, yeah. kind of the, the youngest cousin, but you know, the the couple lines and the couple scenes that, that Kieran has in these films. He um he does yeah. well. So you can kind of see the um I just if in, if in 1992 you had told me that Kiernan Culkin was going to end up being one of my favorite actors, I would not have believed <laughs> <Like> you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And he made the switch from Pepsi to Coke in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Betrayal. Anyway, <laughs> I actually like both. I don't know why I'm pretending to be bad. <laughs> he's he's a versatile actor. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So I think I think we've about covered. Uh, part seven uh, of Home Alone two. Any anything else? Either of you want to add on this section on on this film or uh, or the Home Alone franchise as a whole? Anything else you want to add? Uh, I just enjoy that Tim Curry is in this one. Oh God, <laughs> yes, he's and so just, good. Yeah, the, the um, great Tim Curry. <laughs> I am disappointed that this film plays into the. Um, Plaza Mystique, because I did a podcast on my favorite movie, Joe versus the Volcano, in which we all learned that the Pierre Hotel is better than the Plaza Hotel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so that was actually a lifelong bucket list thing, actually, since 1990 or 91. I forget when I would I would have seen that when it came out on video. So I'm not sure when that was. But um, mm-hmm. it, in it, he says, I want to go to a really nice hotel, uh, the Plaza. And the guy goes, Plaza's nice. Where would you go? He goes, I would go to the Pierre. And uh, right. I have to say it like that. The Pierre. The Pierre. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, I finally got to spend one night in the Pierre Hotel. My parents were like, why are you spending so much money for one night? And I'm like, please just let me do this. Oh, I've been yeah. wanting to do this since, like, the first Bush was president. <laughs> just let me have this. <laughs> and And did it live up to your expectations? I loved it. It was so nice. <laughs> there you go. So I have, uh, so glad to hear that I have not stayed at the plaza, so I can't, I can't compare, but. <laughs> I'm just mad at them because there's a yeah. portrait of Eloise and it used to be in the hallway if you were going to the bathroom and they moved mm. it so that you can only see it if you're staying at the hotel. And I'm like, come oh. on. Come on. Or, or maybe if you're like eat dining at the hotel, you see, I don't know. They moved it so that you can't just like go see the portrait of Eloise anymore. Well, because they knew all of us who couldn't afford to stay at the plaza if our lives depended on it, but we're across (laughs) the street at FAO Schwartz. We're popping over to take our picture in front of it. Yeah. Uh, Those, the stuffed shirts. Yep. So, all right. So I think that that wraps it up for, uh, for this episode. So Rachel, if folks want to hear more from you, where can they find you? Oh, they can find me over at the American Graffiti One Song at a Time podcast and also A League of Their Own One Inning at a Time podcast, both which I did with Tierney 
me. Yes. And, and we don't have a, a name for the podcast for next summer, but we're going to talk about the Sandlot. So get excited. Yes. Get really excited. Go. So you've already got next summer's project teed up. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. Um, and yeah, I was I was fortunate enough to guest on on both of those, A League of Their Own and yeah. American Graffiti and had a great yeah. time. So uh, definitely encourage our listeners to check those out. Um, and check us out. We are at nextscenepod.com. We're nextscenepod on the social medias. Of course, share um, share your expensive Manhattan hotel memories <laughs> on our Facebook group, which is uh, the Jelly of the Month Club. And please come back and join us again next time on The Next Scene. And welcome back to Next Scene Podcast. Podcast taking on the, what year did this come out? 92? I should yeah, know this by right. now. You'd think, <laughs> you'd think I'd know this by now. you think I'd have an opening down. Nah. Nah. Highly overrated. <laughs> Who yeah, needs a 92. script? Yeah. Okay. All right.